you have to be a little bit crazy to be good at fighting. And that's not a negative thing to say at all because I, I have all the respect in the world for people that like can repeatedly go out there and, and it feels like you're fighting for your life. Of course it's, it's a sport and like, this isn't like real combats or anything like that, but the feelings that you feel, it feels like life or death. And I don't think, I don't think that ever goes away. I mean, I only had like a handful. I did some kickboxing fights, some MMA fights. It never went away for me and maybe it does. And maybe that's the trick. I don't think so. I've heard of, you know, professional fighters deep into their career talking about dealing with their fear of fighting. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Pohada podcast. I'm Matt Browse of Pohada Photography. And this episode is something of a dual episode. One, it's a booze with a black belt episode with Chris Golv, who also is a new gym owner of Higher Ground BJJ over in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Before we jump in, just a reminder, I'd like you to check out my guy Tim at axon-movement.com. If you are a physical mess and need to improve your fitness, check him out. Instagram at axon underscore MVMT. And as I've realized, it's been a while since I asked, if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you find your podcast, that'd be great. And certainly share it with a friend. This episode would go good for anybody you know out in the Northeast Twin Cities. And without further ado, my new friend Chris Golv of Higher Ground BJJ. Chris Golv. Yeah, it's just like golf. Golv. But with a V instead of an F. Golv. Okay, good. So more of a little O than a big O. So you're not saying the O. Yeah. Golv. Golf. Yes. Nailed it. Really? Yep. That's it. Maybe less. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can say it faster, but. Okay. <laughs> you opened a gym recently, huh? I have opened a gym. It's been week two. We just finished week two of this gym. What do you call it? Higher Ground Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Minnesota. We are in Wiper Lake, Minnesota. Technically, we're in Wiper Township, but it's just just a hair north of white bear lake we're right off highway 61 just south of hugo do people that live over there know the difference between those two things anyway sort of white bear township is like such a weird thing there's like just like little splotches of it on the map Mm -hmm. it's not even like all put together so yeah people there sort of understand and kind of will roll their eyes when you say white bear township And, and i've me personally i'm from the twin cities originally like southeast suburbs cottage grove yeah and have spent time in the southern burbs kind of southwest and the west and a little bit of the northeast but never spent any time on that end of the city so white bear lake white bear lake that's all you gotta say yeah if you put it in google maps it'll work white bear lake works right so yeah so forest lake hugo white bear lake shoreview arden hills even Stillwater a little bit those are sort of the towns that we are drawing from yeah so anybody up there looking for some choking yes instruction choking instruction yeah definitely good what are you a black belt in jiu-jitsu i am a black belt i got my black belt in late 2019 i am a gf team black belt so i got my black belt from joao Mourinho and jose varela they have their own gym in apple valley called rio jitsu minnesota 
You have to call it Rio Jitsu because if you mention that, like those guys from Rio are going to be at this tournament, people go, "Holy shit!" There's people from Brazil here. No. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's scary, and I mean they uh, they both both grew up in Brazil and got their black belts in Brazil, and they are badasses. Yeah, they're coming on. To put it simply, yes. Yeah. Yes, Cu- they have cu- incredible stories. Couple uh, couple weeks out, hopefully. For I sure. Gotta, I got to schedule them for sure. Yeah. You tra- how long you trained with them? Um, so Joao came here in to Minnesota from Brazil in 2015, I want to say, 2015 or 2016. I was a purple belt at the time. Um, and so I received my brown belt and my black belt from them. So six years oh, ago. Oh, cool. Do ice, no ice. We'll do some ice. Ice would be great. Ice good. Right. Thank you for the whiskey, Chris. I, I'm, yes, I like I'm a borderline bourbon snob. Sure. I've, I've always tried to say, oh, no, I'm an appreciator, but it's getting out of control. Yeah. I'm, I'm a snob. <laughs> uh, and I always appreciate uh, tasting one I haven't had before, and I don't think I've had this. Awesome. Old Forester something something. What Old was Forester it? 1910. So they have like a whole series of a couple different years. There's 1920, 1910, and I think an 1890 potentially. Um, yeah, like I was saying, the one, what makes this bourbon cool is it's barrel finished yeah meaning they let it sit and age in its normal barrel they take it out char or burn the inside of a brand new barrel extra long put it back into this new barrel and let it age a little bit longer for a little extra bourbon flavor cheers get me brother clang like i say it's a s'more in a glass yeah (laughs) which is why i'm excited yes I should never buy whiskey. I just get in so serious. Big fan of that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. It's a it's a fun, pretty entry level, nicer whiskey to buy. I think it's maybe sixty ish bucks. Pretty readily readily available. Yeah. At most liquor stores. Right in that doable department. Yes. Again, one hundred twenty bucks for a bottle. I'll do it on the right occasion, but most uh, of the time, come yeah. on, man. How's how's things going over there at, at was, say it again, Higher Ground. Higher Ground, BJJ. Tell me why Higher Ground. What's the name? Is there yeah. a meaning behind it? Yeah, good question. So um, if you've seen my logo now, um, there's like mountains on there and it sort yeah. of looks like the GF team. I sort of just stole the layout of the GF team logo. Sure. Um, and, you know, enough people have, have told me, they're like, Chris, you know, there's no mountains in Minnesota. <laughs> Um, but the mountains symbolize, it's like the most regular, easy metaphor for jujitsu. Okay. Climbing the mountain. Okay. And you'll notice there's multiple peaks and you feel like you get over a ridge or a peak and then you sort of see the rest of the mountain. And that's how jujitsu is when you're learning. It's ebbs and flows of, you feel like you know what you're doing. And then there are times where you feel like you should be a white belt no matter where you are at. Right. in your in your journey and sometimes a bear comes onto the trail and eats you yeah basically basically yeah <laughs> it's a tough mountain to climb <laughs> yeah. for for anyone um but the higher ground is the idea that jujitsu gives us the high ground and we know in sort of like battlefield tactics we want the high ground in a fight and jujitsu gives us that because it gives us the confidence to know that we are 
hard to hurt. We can defend ourselves. I always tell people, you're not going to be John Wick. You're not going to go out and like beat up 20 people in a bar with jujitsu, but you can't lose a fight if you have jujitsu. You're not going to win every fight, but you can't lose. It's hard, hard to get hurt. And that knowledge and that like comfort in discomfort gives us the high ground. And we can utilize that not just in a self-defense situation, but anywhere in life. I've got a big meeting with the boss. I have the high ground. I have jujitsu. I'm going to stay calm under pressure. I can problem solve under duress. Um, I can be adaptable. I can set long-term goals and stick with a goal. Even if I suck at something right away, I'm going to continue and strive to be better. So you're saying I should choke my boss out is what you're saying? hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all I heard. Yeah. Jiu-jitsu at work. Got to meet with Jiu-jitsu my boss. At work. Cool. Choke yes. him out. No, I love that. That's a, that's a killer perspective, killer message. And I like that all of that can be extrapolated from like your t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I would say cool. like jujitsu is like, it's greater than the sum of its parts. So it's like way more than arm bars or sweeps or, you know, anything that you might see on the mat. It's those intangible things that like really gets people addicted and where you see people change of all of a sudden this timid person with no confidence three years down the road is this savage blue belt that has all the confidence in the world and loves trying new things and loves the process because that process can be again applied to anything really because I can go out and suck at a lot of things Um, but if I stick with it and I'm passionate about it and I work hard and I set goals I'm gonna get better and that that goes for literally anything in our yeah. life. It's but. a it's a an experience that becomes a catalyst or a, a exactly another word similar to catalyst for like real life stuff. Yeah, no, catalyst is perfect because yeah, yeah. it is sort of like a jumping off point of when you sort of get what jujitsu is. Now you're like, oh, why can't I just do that to a different skill mm-hmm. or to my career right. or whatever it is? Yeah. Yeah, playing guitar is uncomfortable. Well, so is some guy cranking my neck because he can't get an effective choke, you know. And like, I can suck at guitar. Yeah. I can show up and suck every day at guitar. I can smash the hell out of that guitar if I need to, <laughs> right. right? You and feel like it's never going to fight back. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. But then we keep playing guitar for mm-hmm. five years, and all of a sudden we're way, way better at guitar. Is that how that works? Wow. That's I've I'm had called. a guitar since I was like 16. I well, that's the same. I like, instead of like going to class in college, I just like sort of taught myself air quotes to play guitar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's still, still bad. I'm, I'm about to capped out at like Wonderwall or something, you know, that I can play around a campfire. <laughs> I want to learn Wonderwall just for the sake of being able to make a video meme of like, exactly. the, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Anyway, right. I don't exactly. actually play guitar, but I play Wonderwall. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Here's Wonderwall, right. <laughs> perfect yeah i got like the same like four chords that mm-hmm. i can roughly pull off with a nice slow metronome yeah since i was 16 years old yeah well you you haven't applied the yeah. jiu-jitsu learning model yet well i had to go learn jiu-jitsu now exactly. i can go back and start practicing guitar and go back put 10 years into guitar oh god <laughs> uh what is gft explain explain all that yes GFT. i know the rio guys i know i'm taking some nice photos because they have 
uh, adorable kids that they bring to oh tournaments and stuff. Um, the kids, yeah. But I don't know much about them and their operation. GF Team. Uh, so GF Team is like a large um, international affiliation like Alliance mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Gracie Baja or any team like that. Um, it was started in Brazil. It stands for Grappling Fight Team. Oh. So that's the GF part. There grappling we go. Fight Team. I've been wondering. Grappling Fight Team became a thing in 2007. Um, prior to that, they were affiliated with a university down in Rio. Um, Gamma Philo was the previous name. And the the best person to represent GF Team that came out uh, around that time in 2007 was Adolfo Vieira. He was competing in jiu-jitsu, pure savage, winning a whole bunch of stuff. And so he kind of put GF Team on the map in America and around the world. GF Team is one of the biggest and most successful teams in Brazil and still is. So they'll mm-hmm. win like the Brazilian nationals as a team and they'll kind of run away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but their next focus has really been to try to expand and grow. They have quite a big foothold, I would say, in in Europe. Um, so GF Team Berlin is the headquarters for GF Team Europe there and they do quite well, but they're still sort of trying to expand and grow with their black belts here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. It's one big giant race for names you know to fully take over the world, right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, they have a lot of black belts sort of like in um, Joao and Jose's age group, sort of that master one, master two guys in their 30s who have been black belts since they were... 12. 19 or, or 20 yeah. or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that's sort of the time, and they sort of do that on purpose um, when people want to affiliate with GF Team. So, for example, there was a gym here in Woodbury. That's how Joao came to Minnesota. Right. They were like, Hey, we want to affiliate with um, a more gi focused team. We want GF team. Can you send us someone? Mm-hmm. And when GF team is like, yep, we can send you someone. They want to send someone who can beat up everybody in the room, but isn't a 25 year old. Right. Who is going to have to uproot themselves and go to a completely different country and maybe know some of the language, but not all the language. So they needed an adult who is still young enough to clean clean the mat yeah with all these guys and yeah they but mature enough to to adapt to the culture to like yeah and, and you know teach and all that yeah. exactly exactly nice so. that's like way more than i've ever known about it <laughs> the burner is this the burner, the phone? burner phone going off oh, i gosh. couldn't find Stand it by. Shh. we don't so yeah, GF Team now has athletes. Um, Maisa Bastos, she's uh, at the forefront of competition in the adult division. She's on who's number one all the time. She's like a rooster weight that wins worlds now multiple times. Tell me what the hell rooster weight is. For women's, I'm not exactly sure what the actual number is. Like maybe 115. I was going to say like 115, 120. That's exactly what I was going to Yeah, guessing. 115 or yeah. less even. She's when you're like 300 pounds, you just don't know the lighter classes, exactly. especially like the women's. Like a middle no, weight or you know, yeah. medium heavy, and I don't know the, right. the lighter weights. This is a different universe Com- over there. Completely, completely. Uh, Maxi Menace, though, he's a super heavyweight. He's um, ranked, I think, probably top five in the world right now. So tons of guys. Um, Jaime Canuto, he, uh, you'll see him sort of in world's finals, things yeah. like that. So Terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Dante Leon. Um, he's been in the Nogi circuit now. He's on who's number one all the time. He's that. He's the powerlifting jujitsu guy. You've probably mm-hmm. heard of him out of mm-hmm. Ohio. 
he's very terrifying. He came here for a seminar. I was still a brown belt at the time. Um, and he's not much bigger than me. He makes middleweight. So he makes like 170 to 180. And it was time to roll after the seminar. And after about the first two times he tapped me, he, I'm like kind of, kind of sitting like I'm going to play guard. And he kind of climbs into my guard and then just holds out both of his hands to let me take whatever grip I want <laughs> to start. <laughs> the most humiliating. And I'm like kind of thinking I'm, I'm, I'm a cool brown belt mm-hmm. at the time. Like I think I know some stuff. Yeah. And then he shows up and just like start however you want to start. I could have put him in the deepest of triangles if I had wanted to. Right. And, you know, he goes on to tap me yeah. three more times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that moment that's the transcendent power of jujitsu on the longest scale is you can be like yeah go ahead and do whatever you want let's see what happens yeah it does it won't matter no way bro you don't want me to do that no go ahead no go really ahead. yeah D- grab me go ahead street fights the best defense yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a reference to something uh, there was a comment on a jujitsu post while we were just hanging out upstairs earlier and it was just an ad and two guys doing jujitsu and someone commented on it. The phrase street fight is the best defense. The best defense to like beat jujitsu. I, I have no idea. I almost want to friend the guy on Facebook and be like, yeah. Hey man, Hey, so tell me, what is it? What does that mean? Coming from your advanced <laughs> knowledge of street fighting and obviously of jujitsu, if yes. he knows yeah. the counter right. to all of jujitsu. Yeah. Which in the picture was a, a guillotine with a leg entanglement kind of thing, like half guard guillotine and half guard, like street fight. Street fight, like just shoot him because you're probably right. If you shoot the guy, you're probably the just yeah. shoot him <laughs> just excuse. Shoot him. Just shoot him. <laughs> you you know, Mister Jujitsu. You know, he just mm-hmm. he has a social media where he just goes and like yep. talks shit about fat and lazy people. Yep. He's done a video of like he puts people in a rear naked yep. choke. Just and a couple they, days ago or a couple weeks. Yeah, ago, he right? reposts it. Yeah, just and they're like, "Cool, you got a gun, right?" Yeah, they give him a fake gun. Yeah, in their gi, he's gonna put you in a rear naked choke. He's like, "Take your gun out," and it was an, oh, it was an airsoft gun, so they could like yes. literally pull the trigger and there something was a would like hurt sound him for sure. Yeah, um, and of course they couldn't do it. Yeah, you're being choked. You're you're um, you cannot help the fact of like you're gonna reach for your neck. Like, this is like a survival. Which is like correct. The most primal thing, which is the right thing to do. Yeah. Don't which get is choked why out. you can't just shoot them. Yeah. But you, there's some odds that, yeah, you could. But of course. Context and there's yeah. a situation that's that, happened. And then just, you know, timing, luck, the whole deal. Yeah. Also, don't hang your hat on any of that odds and luck and whatever it, else. Yeah. I, I don't want to. Yeah. Not me neither. No. There's some odds that being just like a big, strong, scary looking dude makes me safe. For sure. And I'm going to continue to learn how to fight. <sighs> you know, because, oof. Yeah. Quit drinking coffee, Polly. Drink whiskey. I'm trying to smash through this glass of coffee here so I can, <laughs> or a cup of coffee so I can get to the glass of whiskey. It's you fully enjoy the whiskey. Turn it into a four loco thing. You're gonna confuse oh, physiology. No. <laughs> has this, as as you know, now that this has opened up a little bit, you really get that sort of smoky, dark chocolate, vanilla, happening here. I fucking love it. But I like whiskey. I like smoky. I like dark chocolate. I like consuming things. That's what I was doing on my phone just a minute ago. I was sending a picture to my buddies that sell this at oh. the distributor, and they were nice. excited that I was that nice. I was sampling it. So. Awesome. awesome. It's That's great. Cool. How do you like being a gym owner? Um, 
Uh, good, of course. It's been great. Um, you are know, you, hold on. Are you the sole owner of this gym? So, me and my wife. Okay. Credit where it's due. A hundred percent. Yep. I, me and my wife, and really, on paper, it's fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm just there to do jujitsu. Anything business related, it's my wife. Yeah. The higher ground would not be a thing if it weren't for my wife. Yeah. So. I have to give her basically all the credit. Including say her name on this podcast. Anna Golf. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for all that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Anna's, right Anna's amazing. She's, you know, she's like this big boss in the fitness industry. She's been in corporate fitness mm-hmm. for her career. Mm-hmm. So she works for Exos, which is one of the leading performance companies in the world. Probably they work like you'll normally see Exos as um, referenced when NFL athletes are preparing for the combine. They go to the Exos facility in Phoenix. Uh-huh. So she works for their community division. So she works at the St. Paul Jewish Community Center. Yeah. And is at their fitness centers, which they have actually one of the nicest fitness centers in St. Paul. They just went through, I shouldn't say just, COVID years really now. Right. I think it was like 2018. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, uh, which is just relative to updating a fitness center, if that's what you're yes, talking about. Yes. That, that's a brand new facility as far as it, it goes. It yeah. basically is. And they, you know, they put millions of dollars into it to make it amazing. Yeah, it's up to date, up to the state of the art, probably. Yes, yeah. very much so. So she runs the entire fitness center. So she runs the personal training team, the group fitness, fitness center staff. She does it all. Cool. I'll yeah. have to hit her up for a job if Definitely. I decide to jump ship. They're hiring. Oh, they? Just everybody's like everybody. Yeah, just like everybody. Uh, you guys hiring? You good? Over at Higher Ground? Are we hiring? We are not hiring. Oh, good. We're keeping it, keeping it small. Yeah. We're sort of small by design right now. How's the first two weeks going? Either business wise or teaching wise or what? What I mean, give me your um, thoughts so, so far. So I've had, luckily, Joao has been like super, super great about giving me teaching experience at Rio Jitsu prior to this. So I have like many years of teaching experience. Yeah. Um. So that part really is probably the easiest part, to some degree. It's really all of that the learning curve of having a small business that's been the most difficult. But I mean, when I say difficult, we've been, I guess, lucky that things have gone very, very smoothly. Yeah. Other than COVID. We were trying to open last year mm. and really like dodged a bullet that we didn't. Yeah. Like we had like lease proposals for spaces in like January and February and they sort of fell through just because. January, February, 2020. 2020. So like right before. Right before. I feel like that probably is worse than opening in like summer 2020. At least yep. summer 2020, you would have like a sense of, all right, stuff's crazy. Okay, here we go. But like, and you could sort of, yeah, be preparing to be for thrown it. on your end month two or whatever. We, we would be bankrupt and closed already. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, power to like the people I, I, you guys referenced, uh, Caitlin Young and the Striking Institute. Yeah. I think they basically did that. Basically, like within a week of the shutdown or something that. like that. Yeah. yeah. That was insane. Like clearly done fine. But I feel, right. like that, I feel like it's an outlier, you know, business wise. I think so. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really good this year. Sort of, we started looking at the beginning of this year, seeing the pandemic stuff sort of, at least we felt like we had a good picture of what it was and like how it was going to continue to, to operate and found a spot that was close to our home. Again, we were looking in all those cities that I mentioned earlier, we, anywhere in the Northeast Metro, just because there isn't a ton of jujitsu up there. Yeah. Um, it seemed like a great, great place to a gym and that's where we lived so we found a place in white bear and the landlord's super awesome has helped us out a ton goes a long way yeah 
Yeah, because we had some of those lease proposals with like these sort of big corporations and they don't really care about us. And it's be, being it's when it's your first business, like nobody cares and they don't want to give you any breaks like the bank, uh, commercial real estate. They're just like, oh, you have a business that's your first and you haven't made any money. No, thanks. Yeah. Well, because yeah, on, on the investment side, on their end, it makes you're, no sense you're for high them. risk. Yeah, of course, right. yeah. of course. So, this landlord was super awesome. You know, helped us with the build out, um, mats, and get everything set up. And we were lucky that you know, again, through my wife Anna, had great marketing that we had people signed up before we opened. Super good. Yeah. Nice to be able to teach your first class to students to to real to real people <laughs> that were our yeah. students. Yes. Right. Um, so that was super great. And again, this whole time, the members at Rio Jitsu have been so supportive. Um, I'm really like, I'm a Rio Jitsu affiliate as well as a GFTM affiliate. I'm really just sort of an extension of what Rio Jitsu is. I'm just one more physical location of Rio Jitsu. Yeah. So, so if awesome. I live in, in whatever St. Paul and it's kind of 50 50 to your place or their place, I can come train it either. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Cottage Grove to or Invergrove is, is one where a lot of people are super close to both mm-hmm. that I've, yeah. I've heard. So definitely it's kind of 50, 50 time wise for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. We're all on the same rhythm for reaching Co- for the cup. Coffee's gone. Yeah. <laughs> when did you start jujitsu? I started jujitsu in very early 2010. So coming up here on 11 ish, 12 years. And I sort of, I actually started in Muay Thai, kickboxing first. I was sort of looking for a competitive outlet, and I was a big, big fan of the UFC. I was watching the UFC, watching UFC Unleashed on Spike TV. Throwback. <laughs> Some people are going to get that reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I should, like, go be an MMA fighter. Why, why can't I be in the UFC as a young, idiot, 20-year-old yeah. kid? Yeah. You're about to find out. Why, exactly. Why you could I, was, <laughs> I was living in darkness. You were literally asking the question and you were going to literally get the answer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Muay Thai was actually really, really fun. So I did that sort of. They bird. hit you. They hit you in that though, don't they? They do. That doesn't Which is ultimately, ultimately was the biggest problem. Yeah. Oh, okay. For me. Okay. Of getting punched in the face. Um, that seems like a reasonable problem. I don't, you know, don't punch me in the for face. A for a reasonable human. Yeah. You have to be a little bit crazy. Yeah. to be good at fighting and that's not a negative thing to say at all because i i have all the respect in the world for people that like can repeatedly go out there and and it feels like you're fighting for your life of course it's, it's a sport and like this isn't like real combat or anything like that but the feelings that you feel it feels like life or death monkey brain is monkey brain yeah right yeah Somebody's and trying i don't to think you. i don't think that ever goes away i mean i only had like a handful I did some kickboxing fights, some MMA fights. Mm-hmm. It never went away for me. And maybe it does, and maybe that's the trick. But I don't think so. I've heard of, you know, professional fighters deep into their career talking about dealing with their fear of fighting. So I was nowhere near that. Yeah. So anyways, kickbox for a while. I switched gyms because I was driving to Chanhassen to do kickboxing down there. And I lived in Crystal, Minnesota. And there was a gym that just opened up in Crystal, the Crystal Fight Club, which is no longer, is now Valhalla in Fridley. Mm-hmm. 
same people. Yeah. I show up uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, we have MMA fighters here, blah, blah, blah. I, I sign up and go to my first day. He's like, oh, by the way, we don't have a striking coach. They didn't have any kickboxing. So I was sort of forced into grappling. Honestly, like when I was at, when I was doing Muay Thai, there'd always be sort of a grappling class after. And people would always ask me to stay. And I was honestly like too nervous about it. Hmm. I had no grappling experience. I was like, that looks terrible. And like I had played soccer at a sort of a high level. So like kicking in Muay Thai like came really natural to me. Sure. And I was like sort of good at it right away. And there wasn't a huge learning curve. You fell into a comfort zone right off the bat. And right that away. looked way outside of the So far zone. out of my comfort yeah. zone. Could not be further out of my comfort zone. And I was sort of like, had this very fragile ego as well that, that would have shattered it mm-hmm. had I gone to a grappling class. Yeah. And I'm sort of doing this by myself too. So I didn't have like friends that were doing it. I was sort of just like out there on my own trying to experience this because I enjoyed it and I liked being competitive. But at the same time, it was very scary. So, but anyways, at Crystal, I I was forced into jujitsu, and it, I, I tell people all the time, like it was not love at first sight. Hmm. I did not enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I sort of forced myself to go. They were like really pushing their their guys to do MMA, and so that was like okay, I have to be grappling anyways. I've done maybe a year, less than a year of kickboxing, and they're like, that's enough. You can go be an MMA fighter which to this young 20 year old, that was enough. And I believed them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like had my first MMA fight with like six months of jujitsu and mm-hmm. like maybe a year of striking yeah. air quotes. So it was sort of after that, like I gave up on MMA. Well, hold on. How'd the matchup work out? Oh man. My first MMA fight. Unless so this is like <laughs> triggering. You'd rather not no, I've been able it. to like deal with it now. Okay. Uh, um, you got it. Nobody else here has had an MMA. Looks like you got all your teeth You're the best still. MMA fighter. It, it, well, maybe. Um, so this was, it must have been 20, 2010. It was like the day before Thanksgiving. And it was brutal, was the fight promotion. I don't think they exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was at the Anoka Armory. Mm-hmm. So it's just like cement floor. They put a cage up in the middle of the Anoka Armory. And I fight this giant wrestler. His name is oh, Mikey Waverick. The Waverick's, his brother Joey, I think still does jujitsu. They're super nice guys. Okay. Like I've, you know, sort of known them after the fact, but in that moment, here's this like action figure, cut a bunch of weight. <laughs> I literally was walking by, he had a full tub of protein in his gym bag. This dude could not have been more intimidating. <laughs> and once you like, say wrestler i immediately clam up a little bit <clears throat> yeah and i was still sort of like considering myself a striker at this point because again i had really no grappling experience and more experience in striking mm-hmm. um and literally the brock larson was the ref of the fight um so mikey after the bell rings to go he literally just football runs to come over and tackle me <laughs> and is successful <laughs> and that's sort of how the first round goes and then the same in the second round and like he can like lift me up into the air slam me in the cage nearest corner uh so i officially got a tko got tko'd in the second round yeah which like i was totally fine but like he could he could just like smash me and then just sit there and punch me and like i couldn't move 
So it was like a good call on the refs and oh, of like it was a very smart clearly stoppage. something of a mismatch. And let's just point. say I didn't argue. Yeah, about yeah. that stoppage, you I was fully conscious. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I guess I'm happy I didn't tap out to strikes, but I was relieved to be done. Right, right, right. So, so then I then I won my second fight via submission, and that sort of was a light bulb moment. I took the guy down, mounted him, and then arm triangled him in like a minute. Nice. Um, yeah, which was super fun. That was also at the Anoka Armory. And then my third fight, I lost a split decision, which I'm still a little salty about. So you won one and one, like in a way? Uh, well. Like clear win, clear win, split and decision. Yeah, I, so I'm, I'm one and two on my yeah, you know, yeah, official yeah, record, yeah, yeah, but yes. Yeah. Um, and that was at the Myth nightclub. Hmm. And that felt like a step up. To the Anoka Armory. Yeah, they do metal shows, so like we're moving up in the world. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and that Jamie was my... Josta has played here with Hatebreed, and Chris Golv has, has fought here. Yeah. Had a amateur fight and <laughs> lost a split decision. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that was my entire MMA career, and that was all in the span of like three years, maybe two, yeah. two or three years, and I'd had enough. But the light bulb came on. That like yes. And that was sort of cranking the moment. arms is the thing. You're right. That I was like, oh, I don't really like getting punched in the face. I'm not going <laughs> to make a million dollars doing this. Um, and like, so I have to like go to work and I can't be like showing up with black eyes and concussed. Yeah. And like yeah. sparring headaches. Yeah. Like that just wasn't going to be the way. That's just a tough road nonetheless. Like, again, oh, like yeah. you said, good on people. You found your thing and you're good at it, et yeah. cetera. But damn. Such a hard road. Yeah. Yeah. So I have all the respect that people. Who do it and do it for a long time it's it's incredible to me um so yeah jujitsu then was like an easier outlet to to continue pursuing right i was probably a blue belt then at the time i think i got my blue belt in 20 2011 fall of 2011 i think and that's sort of then when i switched gyms a little bit and bounced around i was at the crucify club and then i left and went to um a docs gym sort of affiliate their black belt there junior we, everybody just called him junior brazil he was brazilian i don't know his real last name to be honest he was a black belt he was one of the few black belts in minnesota at the time he had a gym in columbia heights so i was there for a couple of years as a blue belt and then i went to next level combat mm-hmm. in woodbury Woodbury, yeah yep. yeah a buddy of mine actually just uh joined up and do some jujitsu at m theory there's like 20 years of judo Oh gosh, my buddy Nick, and he isn't like a black belt in judo, just sort of on and off. But like twenty years of practice in certain yeah. things, like he's still probably pretty good at judo. Yeah, and yeah. just knowledgeable, you know, just right. been exposed to a lot. It's like me and the C chord on the guitar. I can nail that C chord. I've been yeah. practicing that C chord for twenty years. <laughs> the rest of it, maybe not so much. Uh, but he's he's uh, done a fair bit of training over at Docs and has yeah. spoken highly of it. Yeah, yeah, good guys for sure. Definitely like like Docs a lot. It was just like sort of a weird vibe. I was still like one of the youngest guys at. Uh, it was called AMA in Columbia Heights. Guys that I, you know, I'd still consider friends today, but mm-hmm. a little bit of an older crowd and just sort of didn't quite align. And and that's actually like the gym environment was, environment was a little bit off for me. And that's like been my biggest worry about higher ground was gym environment, the culture. Mm-hmm. Because normally you stick with a gym that you like because of the gym culture. Jiu-jitsu is sort of jiu-jitsu, but maybe you're like really drawn to the people there or you're really drawn to an instructor or just the way things are run. And that, and AMA was just a little bit off for me. I liked the people, but for whatever reason, 
you know, I wasn't getting excited about it. And I, this was when I was a blue belt. So maybe it was quote unquote blue belt blues. Yeah. yeah I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a complicated time. It's, it's your adolescent years. It's, it is a hard, hard time. <laughs> introduce you. It, it is the hardest belt. I mean, I know people don't like hearing about the blue belt blues, but it's tough. It's really, really tough. It's definitely the hardest belt in my opinion. Why is that? Well, so like white belt is hard, but then you get like this huge boost when you get promoted to blue belt. It's a big deal. And like it should, it should be a big deal. You should feel really good about getting your blue belt. But then you realize that you like know some jujitsu, but you still sort of suck at jujitsu. And like a, a lot of times all these people like were being sort of nice to you because you were a white belt. And now they're like not, they have no interest in being nice to you anymore. Cause like blue belt is where higher belts can go and like tap you relentlessly. Wrist lock you. Wrist lock you. I'm taking out the word sort of from sort of suck at jujitsu just so that it sounds more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> you, but you know jujitsu. You kind of know what it is. Yeah. But you're just not very good at it. You know enough to think that you could apply it and then you go to apply it and it doesn't work. And it work. doesn't work, which yeah. is incredibly frustrating. And then you're a blue belt for a really long time. It's like probably you're the longest time you spend at one belt. I think I was a blue belt for like four years. Hmm. It's, just, it's a long time to be a blue belt. And all the while you're like, I've been jujitsu for five years and I've only got one belt promotion and I'm still a blue belt and I still feel like I suck. Yeah. If this was like Taekwondo, I'd be running this school at this point, you know, <laughs> you would, at 16 years old. Yeah. Where's my black belt? <laughs> You'd have three Taekwondo schools under you yeah. at this point. Uh, and I always tell people like purple belt's the coolest belt. Purple belt's the best belt. Polly. It's the, that's the sweet spot. Paulie, you're in the sweet spot. A hundred percent. You can beat up probably over half of the gym, depending on where you're at. I know M3 has a ton of black belts, <laughs> uh, but you can beat up a lot of people. But like, there's no expectation that you need to beat up everybody. Like, you can go get tapped, and it's cool. Purple belt can tap you. Tapped, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's no big deal. Purple, purple belt's been more frustrating for me. Really? Than blue belt? Yeah. How how long were you at blue belt? couple years yeah i don't know how long exactly maybe like that was a good time for you uh i see i feel i don't know i feel like the expectation my or my own personal maybe sure my own personal sure. expectation level at yeah. purple belt is higher i think that's what it is right now. definitely definitely do you, you remember what i said to you after we rolled the other day uh the text you sent me probably was it that I was more of a handful yeah, man. than you remembered. Like from last summer and fall. We rolled the other day and I was like, what the fuck happened to Polly now? <laughs> Who's this guy? I, I mounted Polly last fall. Didn't I mount Polly? And I just you got me in a bow and arrow last yeah. fall. I know. Trust me. There's a picture of it. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was, you were a goddamn handful. Couldn't do shit. Yeah. You know, you can't get in your own way. Yeah. It's hard because you do need to set goals for yourself. And it's good to be critical of yourself i think to to constantly be pushing improvement um but purple belt's where it's at from somebody who's been there it because again you go to brown and now there's like real responsibility that's like you're not even putting yourself like other people have these perceptions and expectations of you 
and then it only gets worse at Black Belt. Well, this here's the thing. So yeah, one, you don't have the perspective he's got. Right. Haven't been beyond it. You know, you might look back at it and be like, oh well, wait a minute, what was I worried about? Right. And to that point there, uh, I was taking photos at a class. That Friday? Comp training class at M Theory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the hell day of the week? I don't know. Hmm. Is it 2020 still? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and Ish broke up the room. He said, all the black belts go over here and trade together. Like you said, there's a handful of black belts. Yeah, in right. In there's plenty of them. At any right. given point. But there's an odd number. Hmm. Which meant the one brown belt in the room oh, got no. pulled over to the black belt. Mr. Aaron Cheney. Who's got Brand a nice new, crisp, <laughs> new <laughs> brown belt. So to your point, like suddenly the standard changes. Oh, we got odd number of black belts. There's some a brown of, belt. Some of them been fighting and stuff for 30 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Fill that gap with this guy. Here's, here comes this brown belt. Yeah, Something tells me it was a hell of a class for Aaron Shaney. But like exactly to your point, like, yeah. there's a different expectation. There's different point. expectations for sure. And honestly, at Purple Belt, like the outside expectations for you are actually pretty low. Like no offense. But like <laughs> upper belts, like a purple belt, yeah. a purple can tap a black belt and I would not feel bad if like we're training hard, a purple belt taps me, you know, great. That's a good thing. That's super awesome. Training partners doing good. Yeah. Right. Good. Like we're having a great time. Um, but you know, and then you, a blue belt can tap a purple belt and that's totally cool. But like you feel like a brown belt, should a purple belt really be tapping you that often because you just got your brown belt or blah blah when you just get your black belt you, you know you have all these like things going through your head like oh nobody can tap me ever again and <laughs> I'm, I'm indestructible and i just have to have like my a game on which melts away quite quickly but for me it's not so much uh or at least for not right now it's not so much like i'm i'm worried about getting tapped by a by a lower belt it's just, i get frustrated with myself if i get stuck at a point where i don't know either a i make a mistake that i'm like i shouldn't have made that mistake Mm -hmm. or two i get stuck in a spot and i'm like i don't really know what my best out is here yeah so that's the part for me that's kind of frustrating i feel like i should know right now yeah and that should be like the most exciting part the the second one or like you're you get you get put in a position and you're not sure what the next move or the next two moves are because then you can go out and you can like figure it out and like your game's going to get instantly better like like right away where a lot of times a purple you know a lot of techniques and so to like learn new things like that becomes more and more rare and purple is kind of that time where it's like i've seen i've been to so many classes i've like seen all these techniques before that to like get something like ooh, i'm not quite sure what to do here a great time to like instantly jump your game up a little bit better. So that's enjoy those moments and like take it as like an opportunity to like get really valuable learning. Yeah. Really, really fast. Cause you'll, somebody will tell you and you're good enough that you'll be able to apply it probably right away. Sure. You could like see a move and be like, Oh, I understand that move. I can do that move against a blue belt. It was just this morning um, when we were work, working that leg weave pass mm-hmm. you know i've done that like how many times right, right. but like ishmael showed it because I, I went to the, the essentials class yeah. this morning and ishmael showed it and there's a step that i was like i always forget i was missing that, that step, step. <laughs> like I, I missed that step yeah you know and then the other thing that i was kind of glad because usually i stick around and roll yeah. um afterwards but today i just couldn't 
And I was kind of glad that I didn't because I feel like if I would have stayed and rolled, I probably would have forgotten that step. Because I would have been like, oh, right into advanced class and now I'm rolling and yeah, whatever. Hard, but yeah. like, I was able to leave the essentials class and drive home and like think about that. Yeah. And Sophia was with it me. So we were talking about it too. So I was like talking about it with my daughter. Yep. And I'm like, I'm not going to forget that step. Now it's now. stuck. Yeah, yeah. Now you yeah. got it ingrained. So for sure. Which is going to make it even more frustrating when you still apply that step and don't get the damn pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's how my life would That's, go. Yeah. Right That's how it goes. That's I wrote it, it in my journal and everything. It still didn't work. <laughs> so that was your favorite. Uh, is that what I'm getting from this? Your favorite time in jujitsu, your favorite belt across belt. the experience was purple belt? For sure. For sure. I had a lot of fun. That's when draw came. And so my training had a big shift um, of just seeing what like this really polished sort of professional style of jujitsu could look like, you know, he'd competed at the highest levels and won at the highest levels and had been in a training room with all of these now like world champion people. And these were his regular training partners day in and day out at the GF team headquarters in Rio. And so it was just like really eye opening. And it like really, really resonated with me. Like I loved it, the hard training, the style that he trained with. And uh, that was the belt that I competed the most at by far. I competed like one time at white belt, maybe five times at blue belt. But there was one year in purple belt I competed like seven times in a year. And like that's when my first time I went to Pans, did like all the local tournaments, did the Chicago Open for the first time. So it was like a ton of new experiences that I got to have through jujitsu, which was super fun. Do you think your, your preference for that belt was, uh, more of that or more what you were just explaining to Polly? Like the intellectual pursuit was kind of, kind of spicier, like you were saying, or just the fact that you were going out and kind of kicking ass and getting your ass kicked and just enjoying it. Uh, in the time, probably just like going out and like using my jujitsu a lot in retrospect though, it was more of like mm -hmm. that sort of self-discovery and that honing of my game that was sort of happening in the background while I was doing these like training camps and traveling and competing and doing all that stuff in the moment. That's very exciting. But then when you think about like the memories that I have from Purple Belt, it was working with Joao and working with Jose and the other people that were in that training room and um, like really, really growing. Like even Joao will say like when he got here and I was a Purple Belt, he, he will tell anyone that I was not a very good purple belt. Mm -hmm. Like I, I kind of sucked. Sure. Um, not that I didn't suck at the end of purple belt too, but like I got a lot better at purple belt and like connected a lot of the dots of like what my game should look like. And just like the, the tactical nature of fighting in jujitsu in general of what that would look like and the style that Joao Jose brought that is very like competition oriented Sure. Like was super amazing. Do you think like your quote unquote game changed after that or just got cleaner? It just got way cleaner. It was a little bit all over the place. Like I loved being on top and passing the guard, but like I sucked at takedowns, you sure. know, stuff like that. Slightly problematic. <laughs> that, yeah. That like really when you put it into, into play in a tournament, you see these sort of glaring holes. So definitely my game had a direction but it really got like to the point of like, here are the techniques that I am best at that I want to execute. Um, 
And then from there you build your chains around those sort of a game moves. And then you can kind of go from there if things go off, off track. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So what was your timeline to black belt? It sounds like nine. Just, just almost exactly 10 years. Okay. Yeah. I believe. Cause I, I got my black belt in December of 2019. Sure. So a month shy. So maybe. it's your fault. You ruined everything. And then like two months later, yeah, yo, that's the thing. Yeah, my first year at Black Belt <laughs> yeah. was the COVID year, which literally I did about the least amount of jiu-jitsu I'd ever done in a year since starting. Sure. And my first year at Black Belt. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. Because I'm assuming you're more excited than ever at that point. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's like... you, you get to, I, you I've get heard multiple Black Belts in personal conversations and on here talk about how they became a Black Belt and it was like this different brand of starting over. It's starting over, 100%. But at the same time, you got to be just as excited as you were going to your second class as a white belt, in a way. Yeah, all, all the best parts of being a white belt. Because not, like you know what to expect now, but you do feel like you're going back to the beginning. And of course, you fell in love with jiu-jitsu along that journey that first time. For If you do something for 10 years, you probably love it. Yeah. Um, and it does, in a, in a big way, in a strange way, feel like you're going back. To beginning and like you're renewing your vows yeah sort of <laughs> yeah that is a good way of putting it of just like you get to remember all of the fun and all of the time spent the first time around and you do sort of feel like you get to do it all again you have like this this past to go back and relearn moves the second time around and experience it in a in a different way in a new way uh for another time it's it's super cool yeah, I highly recommend it. Where, where should I do it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at Higher Ground BJJ. With uh, Anna? So With my wife, Anna. Yeah. So, fun fact, okay. Anna has never done a jiu-jitsu class in her entire life. That's where I was going. Yep. Good for her. It yeah. It mess, messes up your fingers and stuff. Totally. Yeah. You know, like, she's got hair, mm. you know, that's in the way, mm. you know. So, yeah, we met before I had ever done jiu-jitsu. And has been there for my whole jiu-jitsu journey, which is like super cool. And she's like, goes to tournaments. She For not ever having done any jiu-jitsu, yes. she knows a lot about yes. jiu-jitsu. <laughs> right, right, right. That's a, that's a solid winner right there. Because the thing, like any sport, you're going you're to meet somebody probably at that sport who's involved in that sport or job or lifestyle or whatever it for is. Sure. And it's going to work because they understand it because they're in it too. Mm-hmm. So shout out to her for totally yeah. sticking with sticking with me That's through cool. all the jiu-jitsu stuff. Yeah, I was listening to your podcast with Gus and Nikita. Then you probably heard a couple of those. <laughs> Sorry. It's like a trademark That's thing. Great. I don't yeah. know. Go ahead. Um, and their story was super cool. You know, like meeting at a seminar. That is super cool. Yeah, they were on their own martial arts path, and to be able to like share that with each other seems really really cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, Plus to be like, like I kind of said, they're, they're like a birth child of two of the OG. Yeah. Sort from of from being at gyms. those places. That's yeah, very cool. Totally, totally, really cool. Yeah. So I give Anna a lot of credit. You know, we we are both uh, in the fitness industry, so like we've shared that together. As as she, we've you know both been personal trainers, and right. we get to talk about work. You know, yep. like Gus and Nikki had t- mentioned mm-hmm. that. Um, so we're both really really passionate about health and wellness in general and fitness. So that's really great, and that's sort of where most of our conversations are about. 
Well, and what I was going to ask is if she was a jujitsu kind of gal, and she's not. No. I mean, just just no no interest there to actually jump in class and do it. You know, I've never. And this is not to put pressure on her in case she listens. Well, to this. yeah, I'm of in course no she. Position to speak especially on now, like as we started opening this gym, you know, the people, all of our sort of jujitsu friends are like, "Oh, is this going to be the time that you start?" So that mm-hmm. she has she has been receiving a lot of yeah. a lot of pressure as of late. And she kind of goes back and forth. She doesn't like the idea of the closeness. Yeah, fair. There's layers, man. There's yeah. lots and lots of layers there. Yeah. And that and that sort of thing. So I've never, I shouldn't say I've never, within the last five five plus years, I put zero pressure sure. on her to do it. At, at one point, I was like, maybe you could like go to a different school, and then you would have to be like training at the gym where everybody knows who you are, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. have to start. And that's another big factor is like, She's like good friends with all these people who do jujitsu and then to like show up and be a white belt and like start from scratch and not know anything. Feels, all kinds of dynamics. Yeah. Involved feels in kind of weird. Yeah, fully so, understood. As, as we've opened and more like new perspective students come and talk to her, she's been more intrigued about trying it just so that she can say like, yeah, I do it or I've done it. Even if it's just a few times. Sure. That she right now she just can say that no I I've, I've never done jujitsu she can lie she should lie yeah she's been in the fitness <laughs> industry long enough to know that a couple little white lies little little lie here and ain't there ain't gonna hurt nobody and again she could really like fake it for a long time like she yeah. can talk about jujitsu like we'll watch jujitsu events and like yeah. she enjoys watching jujitsu and she abstractly knows what like kumara grip yeah means. exactly she, yeah she can fake it yeah for sure <laughs> yeah I don't know how much uh, Jenny at MTT has done. Yeah, oh, yeah, me. I don't yeah, know. I have no, I have no idea. You know, there again, think, Jeremy, Black Belt, Jenny, I, I have no idea, but... I feel like I've seen her on the mat, though. She's like the human or pictures person. Anyway. You know, Jeremy's got the gorilla jiu-jitsu side. She's got the human gorilla people jiu-jitsu. skills and the business. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's how he would describe it. That's you know? definitely, yeah. That's a good and, dynamic. Anna's it dynamic. It, right. it works really, really well. Yeah. It takes a lot of, a lot of pressure off me, for sure. This is pretty good beer, Polly. Definitely gonna first try eight, one of those. Yeah, first eight doesn't miss, but it's an extra dank IPA, big doinks. It's just good marketing. Great yeah. marketing. It's a great can. I'm not a I'm not a victim of marketing. I don't fall for marketing stuff, but I recognize good marketing and I just mm-hmm. feel like, hey, good for you, buddy. I'll buy that. Anyway, I bought beer because I knew we were having whiskey and I gotta stay hydrated. So we got, Oh, we of got course. Beer. Yeah, yeah, gotta <laughs> I understand. Peak I, performance. Yeah, definitely. So where'd you play soccer? Um, mm-hmm. So I went to Chisago Lakes High School, uh, which is just north of Forest Lake, so sort of northeast metro, north metro. He's a soccer dork, so you got him peaked, oh, okay. peaked in interest. Um, and I was like a, a pretty good high school soccer player, so I went to Gustavus, and I played for two years at Gustavus. Oh, right on. Yeah, and so that's where I met Anna, was at Gustavus. Um, People still call it GAC. GAC, I know. That, Do they still call it that? Well, when I was there okay. in 2007, yeah, it was GAC. How old are you? 32. Yeah, so we're roughly the same age. Yeah. Go ahead and put roughly in there. But <laughs> all three of us are roughly we're, the yeah, same we're, age. We yeah. might as well be. There's maybe a Thank ten, you. Ten Thank you for that. <laughs> but it's roughly. I mean, I'll take it. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, soccer, go. Yeah, so I uh, I played there my freshman, sophomore year. And um, I, I dropped out just because like I wasn't super into college at that time and didn't have a ton of money. Um, and so I just... I really haven't played in oops, a 
a long time. And I, honestly, soccer there like kind of burnt me out on soccer. Like, I didn't enjoy it. Like, me and the coach didn't really get along, and I didn't play like at all. Like, I didn't touch a soccer ball for like five years after. And finally, then like my brother-in-law plays a lot, so he invited me to, to play in a league. And so now I I play here and there. But right. I like I was a uh, lucky if I could be a buck fifty soaking wet back in my college soccer days. I was just like this skinny little beanpole of a kid. Like Polly. <laughs> and then I uh, I enjoyed weightlifting and wanted to be Bane for Halloween one year. So I started weightlifting and found Jim Wendler's 531 and mm-hmm. ran that for three-ish years and gained 50 pounds. So soccer's a lot harder than it used to be now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big-ass field, man. It's a big field. It's a lot of running. No way. I played soccer for one day as a kid. I don't know how that ever came about. My parents weren't sports people, certainly weren't people to push me into sports. And I certainly would have then, as a result, had no interest in doing that kind of thing. Showed up once, huge beehive behind one kid who's kicking a ball. Oh, gotcha. I, I thought you kids. meant like a beehive at, at the field that you got stuck <laughs> No, at. that's what I was thinking. Too. I was this like, wow, this sounds like a horrible huge experience. Huge beehive yes. of kids behind about. the one yeah. kid yes. kicking the ball. Sure. Everybody... It, Incredible, like choreography for kids that age. That they could all follow the ball. Completely yeah. pointless. Yeah. And I was like, I'm out of here, bro. I believe the I old term they used to use was bunch ball. Bunch like ball? That, bunch that ball makes like sense. That. Yeah. Nice. Bunch of kids. Yep. Where did you, you play, Polly? Yeah. Uh, I played at Osseo, and then I didn't go to school after that. Well, I went to North Carolina, but it was community school. <laughs> sure. Did you, but, uh, did you play there then, or? No, not no. not it. Just just at Osseo. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, my daughter plays, and my brother he would have been a couple years older than you, um, but he played at uh, Augsburg. Oh, nice. So his coach was an old Gustavus guy, Greg Holker. Okay. Oh, name sounds super familiar. And uh, so yeah, nice. And then I, and then I played. Um, so I played with all of those guys. So my brother and Holker and and a bunch of old Mayak guys, mm-hmm. mostly Augsburg. Um, in the, I'm trying to remember the MASL, Minnesota Amateur Soccer League. It's like an adult yeah. league. Yep. Um, I played in that until I started jujitsu. Yeah. That's actually why, like, part of the reason I started jujitsu was I was just too old to, like, chase these kids around the field. Like, we were, well, we were still playing against, like, 27-year-old kids. Yeah. And I was like, man, I can't, like, we're playing full 90-minute games oh, at gosh. that point. And, you gotta get you in know, that thirty plus league, right? When it's time, you'd show you'd you show know? up, and there'd be you'd have like two subs. Uh, like, you, oh, oh, that's the thing. Yeah, cool. yeah there's thirteen life. of us. So like, how do you show up and yeah play soccer? I'm cool with playing fifteen to twenty minutes a half, not yeah, all forty five minutes of the two halves. Yep. And so anyway, next grading. Well, this isn't about me, but mm-hmm. well. Anyway, that's the beautiful nice. thing about jujitsu is the the gray beards dominate the room. Yeah. You know. You don't, uh, yeah, you don't have to be a young 20-something beast. That may definitely helps. It does When help. you are, but again, there's. I got to I gotta shout out my, my black belt friend, Matt Castillo. You should get him on the podcast here. He's, uh, yep. he's, he's in his 40s. He's got a huge gray beard, though. Yep. Like, literally, he looks like he's 60. Yeah. But he's a, <laughs> he's a roofer by trade. So he, like, goes, roofs houses all day. Oh, my Shows up, trains God. every night. He's like this huge, and he's got gorilla hands. We joke because yep. like 
you put like a regular like pop can in his hand and it looks like a miniature can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorilla hands. That's fantastic. It's it's so great. And he's like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Your second or third person to emphatically recommend that he comes on, so he's on the list. Right? Really? Yeah, oh, okay. who else did? Fuck, I don't know, bro. Claviter, maybe. Probably for sure he has let me show you the text thread with Clavita oh, of God. all the recommendations and they're all fantastic did he recommend me? recommendations did he recommend you? no 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 I just saw you were opening a gym so oh nice like, okay you do what I can to help out folks open well, a gym same thing with Gus you know like yeah. I was like oh shit you guys are opening a gym cool I get I own some microphones and pretend to be a podcaster let's do a thing yeah man you've, you've gotten some you've been hitting some great downloads you're doing something right it's, it's okay yeah it's doing all right for a guy that doesn't know anything about uh Audio recording or jujitsu, his jujitsu podcast is doing okay. Doing pretty good. <laughs> doing pretty good. Yeah. Just exploit other people. <laughs> you ever been burned out on jujitsu? You talked about kind of getting burned out on soccer after college. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't tell this to a lot of people. Actually, I quit jujitsu at like at blue belt for like six months. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that too. Fuck this shit. Yeah, get out now. <laughs> get out now. My fingers hurt. Yeah, I was like. Because, you know, originally I got into martial arts to, like, be this MMA fighter, and that was, like, done. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's not going to happen. So I was doing jiu-jitsu. I was kind of doing it as, like, sort of this, like, this is this ritual that I do. Like, I go to jiu-jitsu. But I had no, like, real reason behind why I was going. And, you know, jiu-jitsu is hard. And it's hard at blue belt. And I'm like, why why am I doing this hard thing? And so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quit. And I'm going to do something else. And me and a buddy, like we're gonna like we're gonna go rock climbing a vertical endeavors like i'm gonna get into rock climbing because I, I was like wanted to replace it with another physical activity and actually rock climbing and jujitsu go pretty closely together yeah like, it's also though both of them are are gateway drugs to marijuana <laughs> that's, which that's is true. actually a gateway drugs to like real drugs to other drugs and i was at we're the all tenth, screwed and i was at the 10th planet school of course oh too. goodness so but, you said it there you go um and As so yeah drinking like dank months, beer I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> so I was like doing this rock climbing thing and you know, I was like in my twenties and I was like living with my friends in this house it was like I thought I was gonna like have all this fun and I I missed it so much. Like I needed I needed mm-hmm. jujitsu at that point. Mm-hmm. And that was a big turning point of like why why am I missing this? And sort of like sat down and be like, Why why do I need this and why can't I replicate it somewhere else? And you know, I sort of just came to the conclusion that like I need that challenge and doing hard stuff is actually what helps me be happy. And I went back and I haven't thought about it. I haven't thought about quitting or like being burnt out or not doing it since. Yeah. You got the data you needed to, You're right. to go I, back. I experienced it yeah. and I hated, I shouldn't say I hated, I, I mm-hmm. missed it too much. Like I, I needed to have it in my life for sure. You said that the challenge presumably physical and presumably like psychological or whatever, but like the community, is that a piece of it? Like the, yeah, the shared struggle with the training partners and all that stuff. For sure. That's a big, a big thing. The relationships that you make. And I thought that I was going to sort of replace that. Cause again, like I was living with friends and like having a good time with these people that I could sort of see every day. But yeah, the shared struggle was, was important for me and just like, yeah, the challenge, like and rock climbing, unfortunately, and it, and it does for some people. I know some people really enjoy it. Didn't didn't quite do it for me, as far as like challenging me the way jujitsu could. 
yeah. and and mentally and physically. It's sure. a cooperative team kind of thing, but still not the same. Not nearly to the same degree. Yeah. No. Couldn't couldn't stack up. I did not uh rehydrate the best after rolling today. And that's beer number two and honestly there was two pours of whiskey there. We're doing all right though. Pour. It was a heavy pour. No shame there. Mm-mm. I'm actually super curious why you started jujitsu. I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcast before, but I have. Um I tore my pec benching in the fall of twenty eighteen. And you were doing strongman or just powerlifting? Powerlifting. I shouldn't say just I, powerlifting, well, no. excuse me. No, yeah. Uh but no just powerlifting. <laughs> it's fewer things, so technically just I mean I'm I've kind of mindset wise for many years now switched over to coaching and exposing other people to the things that I had done mm-hmm. trying to share those experiences with them sure right and uh but it was like training was awesome and I was feeling good and there was a meet in December 2018 that I was thinking of uh doing and things were going great and there was this semi fluke thing where uh I tore my pec the pec tendon popped off of the the arm wow which is the one you want. You, the one where it tears through the muscle tissue, you know, between the tendon and the tissue itself. That's the big, bloody, gross, bruised oh, one. Oh, yeah, you know? that's the, what I'm envisioning. Yeah, you've yeah, seen them cool. online. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, Scott Mendelson has got a groovy purple left side of his body picture out there. Oh, man. And it was like sort of, well, this seems like a natural turning point to maybe pursue something else. Yeah. I figured I just wouldn't bother benching or benching heavy. Uh, which I was, turned out to be wrong. Oh, I've, well. I've been doing it oh, well. and, and progressing it forward, but not to the same veracity and not really with the same interest of like you know, hitting 424 in sure. a meet or anything like that. Yeah. And it was also uh, around that same time, I kind of recognized I hadn't been the new guy at a thing in a long, long time. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like I hadn't walked in a room and not been the expert on the topic to some extent sure. or at least felt comfortable and knowledgeable about yeah. it, you know like i'm not your go-to olympic lifting coach but i could damn well get you started yeah, and exactly. if that's what we're here to do cool rock and roll and sooner or later i'm going to just be honest about my own skill set and bump you off to somebody else mm-hmm. but i knew for a fact and and it actually uh Clavider, since he's come up that's a, a buddy of mine from way back in strongman days way 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 back actually knew uh kevin kevin actually knew Clavider's dad oh, before oh, wow. I knew Chris, wow. you know, just via message boards and stuff. Sure. Um, and I knew he had been in on it and I had had the conversation a handful of times. And then after the injury, it was just like, okay, dude, I'm going. It's time. What's close to me? Yeah. Where do I go? Yeah. Et cetera. But those other two factors were on the list too. Just like, okay, this will be a great experience because I'm going to be the new guy. Yeah. I'm not going to know shit for the first few years and, that that was for me personally one of the more enriching experiences of getting involved in sports in general and stumbling into a weight room in general mm-hmm. was just fuck man all these guys are able to do these things and they know all this stuff and I'm gonna absorb the, that the best I can just learning something new yeah. yeah totally and that's I think as adults that's why I'm like I really like push adults to try jujitsu I know like kids in martial arts is obviously like the super obvious thing but like you're you're not too old to try jujitsu and people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be in your twenties. You don't have to be in your thirties to start jujitsu. 
and like you maybe need to be in your 20s to be a world champion plus 14 or 15 other variables okay well yeah but who who gets into jiu-jitsu to think they're gonna be a world champion correct that's okay. what I'm saying. That's kind of my point. Is yeah. like if if what's holding you back is like, oh, I want to be good. Oh. Well, shut the fuck up and show up. Yeah, and like it's trust me when I say it's super cool to be a black belt, and I've never been a world champ at any belt. Yeah, it's still super fun. Yeah, trust me, right. it's great. So like, ad- adults like going and not stopping the learning process. I think that's that's been a a, a plague of culture. Just in general, it's like Agreed. you don't need to stop learning just because like you're done with school or whatever. You're really set in your job. You're comfortable. That's actually the time then to go out and seek out new skills. Yes. You can't stop pursuing new ways to challenge yourself, whether that's mentally or physically. And jujitsu happens to just do those at the same time. Yeah. Which what makes jujitsu so great is like, it's a it's a bang for your buck. You get to do something that's very mentally and intellectually stimulating as well as physically improve your current state. And allot you some skill sets to defend yourself. Yeah, which, which is, also happens to yeah, give yeah. you this real right. real life skill set. Sense of freedom and and you get to make new friends and meet new people, which is also very difficult as an adult. Mm-hmm. Especially modern day. That's one of those topics you hear various speakers talking about is like, where do men in particular go to make friends? Where do you make friends? Yeah. And extend those relationships. For sure. It's hard. Yeah. I get it. And like, maybe you have kids and you have a family and you're super in your family, of course. But like, it's great to have something that you can get all of those things done in a couple hours a week. Make new friends, improve your mind, improve your body, get this sort of badass skill set yeah all in one let somebody else take care of your kids for an hour you got a kids program over at uh, so we don't right now okay right now we are just 16 plus uh, and i say that and we just signed up a 14 year old but he's already done jujitsu he's great um but we are planning on having a kids program probably at the beginning of next year okay yeah but but honestly yeah like jujitsu for adults is like where I think jujitsu needs to grow. You know, again, kids martial arts is like a thing. We know people know about it. Put your kids in jujitsu a hundred percent, of course. And we are going to have a kids program, but people don't realize like you should do jujitsu too. Yeah. yeah. You should be doing it. Do it with your kid. That's one of my favorite things I see it's at amazing. the gym is, is yeah. this kids class going on this morning at 10 and there's some of those kids. Parents are over uh, in right class, over there, right on the other mat. What an amazing way to connect with your child. Yeah to do this activity and then you can talk about it at home. Well, and even an extension of that, our guy, tall Tom, he rolled at least two rounds with his kid who has recently bumped up to adult class. Yep. And hanging out for open roll. Yeah. You know, now he's still a kid, you know, whatever, but I don't have kids, but Holy fucking father, son bonding. I mean, to the, to the greatest example. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's super great. But I really wanted to focus on adults and, you know, I want it to be very law enforcement friendly. That's another thing Mm -hmm. at higher ground, um, is pursuing law enforcement, doing jujitsu and then the we defy program as we both support our we defy t-shirts. Uh, I was lucky enough to get both meaning you and I, but not, uh, not not the guy who technically, (laughs) technically Polly, what do you do with we defy? 
technically an ambassador. Yeah, but you're not wearing the t-shirt, but here we are wearing the t-shirt. When you get the video camera set up, I'll put the weed in. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's That's actually a fair point. That's true. Um, So yeah, yeah, I was lucky that Higher Ground um, is a a Weedify affiliate gym. So if you are a disabled veteran and go through the Weedify application process, um, we are a gym that you can choose. And I'm super stoked about that. Uh, TJ, (laughs) (laughs) he hooked me up. He hooked us up, uh, me and Anna, you know, because normally your gym has to be open for a period of time Mm -hmm. before, but I've worked with Weedify for the Twin Cities Invitationals when they were Weedify um, fundraisers and things Mm -hmm. like that. And I've talked at length with TJ about what Weedify is and how jujitsu and, and helping veterans is such a great thing that he he knew me well enough to to overlook that and let us be a we defy affiliate right off the bat. Perfect. That's Take awesome. care of business. Yep. It was Quit great. messing around with logistics and stuff. It was great. Yep. He just uh put us through. So that's good. Yep. You were making a point earlier about uh the continuing to learn stuff. <clears throat> And it actually reminds me of something of, of a theory of mine, which is why fitness and health are actual problems. So it sounds like you've worked in the fitness industry a little bit. Anna works in the fitness industry. Indeed. You never had to pursue anything. I don't know what you mean. You showed up to school and you were connected to a friend group and or your parents encouraged you to go do a thing. You learned history and social studies and you learned the rules of soccer because you did. This is like normal. You had no choice otherwise. Sure. Kind of, sort of, maybe. Right. right? It's all very, very structured. You could have gotten away with not taking this and not signing up for that. You had very little choice. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you have a choice, there's all those social elements of all my friends are off over there playing such and such. Mm-hmm. And then we become adults. There's no driving force to go and learn anything or do anything. Yeah, that skill was not cultivated. Certainly, your, your, your ability to conscientiously say, "Look at that, that's cool. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to suffer for the first three years. I'm going to go do that." So I agree. this is why most people don't gym whatever gym means and they don't etc 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 but it's absolutely why they should particularly with jujitsu right like it's inherent that they're suffering and heavy breathing Uh, sucking and all of that so you're you're for the first time in your life you're learning to persevere and pursue and continue when you don't have to yeah agreed whether it's even crossfit or powerlifting, you know, pick yeah. a physical yeah, can, and yeah. mentally demanding pursuit, but jiu-jitsu seems to be the most in both those categories, you know. For sure. But really any skill, yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's a, learning is a skill. Yes. And we don't really practice that skill a whole lot as, as youth because it is sort of our path is set. Yeah, I learned piano. I didn't, but hypothetically, I learned <laughs> piano because I did. Right. My parents My parents put me in piano classes and, and I went. And if they didn't, then I didn't. Yep. I didn't choose one way or the other, you know. Yeah, that always I was not like a star student, but that did always sort of bother me was you had very little choice of like not that you're supposed to know what you want to do mm-hmm. when you're young, mm-hmm. but you're not really allowed to pursue interests when you're young. 
of like in eighth grade, I thought I wanted to be a plumber and then everyone sort of like laughed at me and thought that that was silly. Turns out you were right. Instead, like I, right. I'm like (laughs) I would have been amazing if I was a plumber right now and they didn't give me that opportunity to like, you know, then you should be taking this math class or we have this, this class that's going to teach you some of the basics or things like that. Yeah. Kind of the standardized set path for learning, for sport, for whatever is yeah. sort of there, and you've got what you've got, you're, you're and you kind of unconsciously fall into all of it. For sure. It is it is a problem. But as an adult, you do have the choice, and I think more and more that this idea of going out and doing new things is is catching fire, so to speak. I hope, anyways. Maybe that's just me sort of living that and trying to do that. And then I, I hear other people and go seek out other people that are doing that. Right. And so my sort of online community or friend group is all sort of on that same page. Like a like-minded bias. Kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. But maybe not. I hope not. I don't know. But I think a lot of people, I think more people need jujitsu for sure. Yeah. Do you have a uh, like formal relationship set up with any of the uh, law enforcement out on that end of the world? Um, is it just yeah, kind of the I've, open I've push? reached out to uh, many of them in the local area, and I do have a sort of I have a start. I have sort of a foot in with the Wiper Lake Police Department. Um, so shout out to them. Their their chief is like super on board. Knows what jujitsu is. Which is a start. Which is a great start. Yeah. Which not every police chief or department head knows. And knows that while it is a small slice of the pie of what it means to be a great law enforcement depart- department and a mm-hmm. great law enforcement officer, it's a it's an important piece and it and it can help. And I've and I've when I reach out to them, I always say like I'm not in law enforcement, so like I'm not going to tell you how to do your job. I really want to stay. And we talk about this in fitness all the time. Stay within your scope, mm-hmm. your scope of practice. Yep. You know, I know what I know. I might be a subject matter expert on this one thing, but it's sort of up to you how you want to utilize that and how that fits in with what your officers are doing, with what your department is doing. Unfortunately, the big, biggest issue right now is how do you pay for it? And White Bear Lake Police, they're a small department. It's a relatively small, small town. They don't have a huge budget. They they couldn't just like pay for all their officers to go out and do right. jujitsu regularly. Right. I bet that's actually fairly common. That's one of the biggest yeah. issues, yeah. for sure. So they're individually going and, and paying for it right. along with their range time and whatever else that they exactly. need to do, Exactly, with all, too. The, all their stuff that it takes yeah. to be a great a great police officer. Right. So it's, again, like I said, I have a foot in the door, and like we're on the same page. It's just sort of what happens next. How How do we make this work? I want to make it as easy for them to make it work as possible um, to whatever degree that might be where I consult on some of their yearly use of force reviews. Of course, I would much prefer that they come and train regularly. Right. That's sort of always my, my knock about seminars. Is yeah, it's kind of a universal knock on seminars. You, you know, seminars are huge. They're important. They're great. They're great, but like, but, who remembers a move from a seminar? Yeah, I don't. So I haven't. I so in, and especially in their context, where like they need really usable skills, like right away. I could teach them a great mount escape or how to hold someone down on the ground 
for two hours on a Saturday and then they could practice it for 10 minutes. They're going to forget it in 24 hours. Yeah. They got a 15 minute drive home and by the time they get home. Yep. It's gone. So as you know, trying to change that sort of culture of at least in law enforcement, it's like doing these seminars or having these limited hours over the course of a year and making it. And the, the problem is, is like, it's not their fault necessarily. So giving them the, the avenue to pursue it more easily, you know, on shift or to get them paid for it or reimbursed. It's just a whole, it's kind of a mess right now. What you need is, is one of them. Yes. And we do right. have one is okay. a member. Yes. There you go. Yeah. That's it. So he's, he's in, and he is the use force instructor. Good God. I'd hope so. Yep. So he's, and he's been doing phenomenal and he's, so when in. they get together nine months from now, how many months away is Christmas? Not nine. Not nine. Okay. Osseomath, man. Right. It might about, be nine. I don't know. So we're on there. Round about Christmas time. Bunch of them get together. They all work together. They're hanging out in their buddy's basement. And somebody goes, so you've been doing that jujitsu stuff, huh? <laughs> in that moment, everybody else gets sold on the value of it. Yep. And your membership for next year goes up. Everybody suddenly joins. Hopefully. Sounds cool. Yeah, that would be great. Sometimes that's all it takes though, right? Like uh, my brother, um, the one I referenced earlier that played soccer at Augsburg, he just came to M3 a couple weeks back. With the kids? Yeah, he's so... Yeah, yeah. Rocco and Luca were there too that day. Uh, Those my nephews. But anyway, my brother who like grew up playing soccer and hockey and he's my youngest brother. There's three of us. We fought all the time. Yeah, we yeah, were kids, course, right? right? So like you just think you know how to fight because you fought your brothers yeah. your whole life, <laughs> sure, right? Or right. whatever. Been yeah. in a few hockey fights in your yeah. life. And it was super eye-opening for him. Like he said to uh, one of his neighbors, he was telling me about it. He's like, it was super humbling knowing that my 19-year-old niece, like my daughter, yeah, she's a blue belt. Um, oh, so it's like just like n- like clean house. She was like super in control of me. Like when we were doing the situational oh, thing, she could have like submitted me if she wanted to. Like her cardio was way better than mine. The and cardio. this is a kid that he still plays hockey. He coaches sure. my nephew's hockey so he's stuff, probably, so he's still active. Shape. Yeah, but it's just not the same. Not in jujitsu shape. It's not the same. Well, and then. So he went and tried it because you told him to. Yeah. Or Sophia did. You joined jiu-jitsu because Nick told you Nick to. Because Nick told you. Yep. You know, my buddy Nick, who's now a member at M Theory, mm-hmm. talked to me about martial arts in 2004, whenever he and I were in college together. Planted the seed. You know, and yeah. I shouted out to Claviter like, hey, which gym? What's close to me? Yeah. You know, the reason you join is the guys you work with, the guys you hang with, people you work with, people you hang with, et cetera, et cetera. Like, For sure. That's the reason you start doing anything. Basically. You know? Right. So once you got one, hopefully exactly. yeah. that builds to more. And he's been already, he's been a, he's been a great advocate for jujitsu and it's like, he's, he's totally bought in. He's there to learn. It's super great. You know, it, it's hard for everybody, but he's, he's working through it and he's done an incredible job and is the perfect law enforcement ambassador to spread the word. So I'm super happy that he's here and that he's, that he's enjoying it. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. about other uh, community stuff when you're starting up a new gym? Like you reach out to the schools, you know, well, and, and I don't even mean like, Hey, your wrestling team off season, but I mean like yeah. teachers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a, uh, our big thing, our big push before we opened, um, Wiper Lake has this 
every Thursday in the summer. They call it Market Fest. And it's okay. like this outdoor live music, food trucks. They basically like block off a square city block and they have vendors. And so we got a table um, at Market Fest every Thursday for like six Thursdays or something, which Sweet. was like super, super great for us. And of course, this was Anna's idea and she spearheaded the whole thing. And I was like, I don't know if we want to do it because like it's kind of expensive, a couple hundred bucks. Like, I don't know, like all like most of these people aren't going to know what jujitsu is and you know, is it really worth our time and our money? Mm. Thank God for Anna. Thank God for Anna. Yeah. She, she made it happen and it honestly turned out to be so, so good to like, we had sort of our social media platforms, advertising plus this. So like literally people would be like, I've seen your logo before. I think I saw it on Facebook. Yeah, people don't need to know what jujitsu is. They need to know the phrase higher ground and yep. the colors. And they would like, what you know, that? catch their eye and then we can have a conversation face to face. And that was phenomenal for us mm-hmm. in, in the Wiper Lake community because that's really the community that we're mostly drawing from, even though we are very close to Hugo and Force Lake. Yeah. Um, that's sort of our target geographical zone is Wiper Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. But yeah, we haven't... Uh, I'm sure we'll reach out to the school now that school is about to be back in session, so to speak. You know, we because we don't have a kids program, it is a little bit tougher, like, down the road if we have a teens class, for example. Mm-hmm. That well, and that's something. what I mean, is, like, as a teacher's thing. Yeah. Same kind of logic sure. behind the law enforcement. Like, for sure. In those bad situations yeah. that we all hope don't happen. Exactly. Yeah. There was a time I was a security officer in St. Paul Public Schools. So I was, oh, baby. Yeah seen all all that good stuff. all these years training jujitsu and your most dangerous job was a security officer in st paul yeah right <laughs> i think it was a i think it was a blue or purple belt at the time huh. jujitsu helped that's yeah for sure. on the occasion right yeah. so you competed some huh mostly a lot of them or like condensed somewhat into purple. Yeah, I was never I a lie to me. No, I'm not gonna <laughs> sell it to me. I I never enjoyed competing mm-hmm. because of like the nerves and like the stress of making weight and things like that. So I competed locally quite a bit. Um, and you know, I was sort of like I can get on the podium probably at a local tournament, but I'm not winning pans anytime soon or anything like that. Um, you went to pans though, huh? I did one year. Yeah. My uh, purple ball year. I went to pans. That was fun. And I've done a master worlds at Brown belt, which was super fun. I highly recommend. I've never gone to worlds, worlds, mundials, but I assume it's very similar to master worlds because master worlds is in Vegas and it's just like this huge convention and super great. You see all these like legends of the sport, either competing or just like in the stands and it's super cool atmosphere um, I highly recommend going to one of those bigger tournaments if you're in jiu-jitsu, whether you compete or not. But if you're going to be there, might as well compete. Might as well try it. Um, and then you have all the rest of the time there to enjoy the city that you're in and just the experience of like the culture of jiu-jitsu on that world stage is super, super cool, in my opinion. But yeah, and then like there's just uh, Chicago Open a handful of times and Twin Cities Open when they're here. I'll do that sort of stuff. But um, and then I also ref jujitsu quite a bit, which I enjoy. It's great to sort of experience the competitive thing without actually having to compete. 
even though like 100 <laughs> percent being someone who's kind of on the coaching end, not even kind of but totally on the coaching yeah. end of sports and stuff now, yeah right it's its own thrill minus like a lot so of so many other pressures and stressors yeah 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 so i mostly was competing just to sort of get that experience to know what it felt like knowing that maybe down the road i was going to be coaching or Right. having a gym of my own yeah to be able to speak from a platform of some experience if somebody yeah. was talking about yeah even you. if i wasn't I like there winning the gold medal but right yeah yeah so it's 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 been really cool to see minnesota and the ath some athletes here like make their way to like being really relevant competitors mm-hmm. that's definitely something when we started like wasn't really a thing you know we had some masters competitors kelly johnson you know he's been winning medals in the masters divisions for a really long time but to see people now like coming up and in the adult black belt divisions doing well and being competitive, I think is like super awesome for the Minnesota jiu-jitsu community as a whole, whether they're at your school or not. Yeah. Right. I think it's super right. awesome to see dragging up the average for sure. Any key, uh, uh, competition memories. You got a memorable match or anything like that. Oh man. Did you lose your ass one time really bad? I want to hear about that. When I lost? Yeah. Like a really bad loss? <laughs> um, you know, well, I, I will say like, um, I, I have to shout out, uh, uh, now it's, it's funny because I train with this person, but I beat my good friend, uh, Brandon Bell. Mm-hmm. in at blue belt at the grappling the one in hudson grappling games no Do you remember that one the one that hudson ellison Arizona. puts grappling on grappling industries is not it? grappling industries no. that's the i can't remember the name something right else it was a great beginner tournament it was in hudson mm-hmm. uh mike ellison i'm into a center for movement we put mm-hmm. it on it was like a big fundraiser mm-hmm. um so i got to i got to beat him twice and he's a <laughs> he's a brown belt now and so there's like podium pictures on my instagram and like of both the gi and no gi of like me getting my double gold and then mm-hmm. like him in second or third place was mm-hmm. just like this sad face. Yes. Which I love to know it because he's an incredible training partner and like we've, we've become much closer since then sort of. And he's been a huge part of like my training at the higher bell levels. So that's super fun. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, but still after a couple of pours on a Friday night, you go, Hey, you remember, uh, right. <laughs> Yeah. I, I'm, I've been sort of waiting. I've been saving to bring it up. Not too much for like <laughs> when he gets his black belt. And then I'm going to like spring the video on it. Cause there's a video somewhere yeah. of me beating him twice. Yeah. Like now that we're going to be the same rank forever, let's not forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Blue belt. So you'll share in the Instagram stories, his picture, uh, yes. the belt. And then the very next story will be by the way. Yep. And then like, you know, this, the picture slowly zooms in on just his sad face for sure. <laughs> Cue the music. So good. Yeah. Um, but pants, uh, I lost my first match, which is sort of, crappy because like you travel to california it's an, it was it was in irvine california back in the day i don't know covid stuff now it's, it's probably bad. florida probably, probably florida probably florida who knew the wild west would be the southern end of the country yeah. anyway. southern east <laughs> southeast southern east southern east yeah you don't want to lose the first one well it right so like... ibjf tournaments you're it's one and done mm-hmm. right single elimination yeah. so i had the best training camp there was a visiting black belt that Joao knew that came up. Um, he was a beast. He was like running our training camp. We had amazing training. I felt amazing. 
I had so much confidence. Um, and then I go up there and it's not that like I like shrank in the moment. Like the dude I fought was so unbelievably good (laughs) that like I couldn't do a thing. And eventually like he tapped me, you know, with maybe a minute left or something. Mm -hmm. And like that guy goes on, I think he loses the match before the semifinals. So this wasn't even like a medalist. So I can't even (laughs) say like, Oh, you know, but like he made the podium. I I lost to the guy that won it all. Yeah. That thing, which would be feel way better. Yeah. So that, that was hard, I guess that was maybe my hardest loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one sucked. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing about lifting weights for competition. It's you against the weights. Like, you know what you can lift, give or take. Probably. They're going to lift what they know they can lift, give or take. And some nerd over at the table is going to order it out and let us know who lifted the most. Yeah. I don't have to be crushed by another human being who then <laughs> goes and gets crushed by <laughs> other human like, oh, beings. Right. The levels, it's just unbelievable. Kill me. It's, uh, yeah. But I always say, like, it's the hard stuff that makes jiu-jitsu so good. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was crushing in the moment. And then you sort of like go out and reflect and I can yeah. like say like the training for that was some of the best training that I ever had leading up to that moment. Mm-hmm. So even though the moment that I was expecting to be great and fulfilling didn't happen that whole time before was super fulfilling. And like my jujitsu got so much better preparing and having that goal motivated me for those three months leading up to it. And that was, that's totally worth it. Yeah. And it'll be a good story on a podcast someday. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's the point though. Like if you have this huge goal and you get close or kind of sort of almost close, it's closer than you would have gotten if you didn't have the goal. The pursuit is everything. You're so much farther. So much farther than you were for sure. It's, it's all about the pursuit. So set big goals and fail. You might as well. It's, it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. And like the losses get easier to sort of stomach the further removed you are. So this was years ago. You get better at losing. Well, no, it's like that <laughs> loss in the moment felt like crap. Right, right, right. But right. now that loss, like, I don't really care that I lost that first match. Yeah, okay, I follow you. You yeah. know? So, no, don't get comfortable with losing. I would say. I am, though. <laughs> <laughs> but jujitsu training isn't winning and losing. But that's an important distinction. You don't win or lose in training. You're, you're learning. You're actively learning, which is not winning and losing. You weren't there this Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kelly You're Johnson. doing so much learning. You're doing so much learning. I say this now to my, yeah. my students of two weeks. It's on my, my, my rules. Like we're, we're here to learn. We're not here to win. Right. You can go compete and try to win and beat other people. Like learning, learning on jujitsu happens when both people are on board with we don't care about who wins. It's very frustrating when somebody's there to win and somebody's there to try to learn because it's, it makes it stagnant sort of for both and it can be very frustrating. But if we're like both there to learn and try new things and suck at new things together, that's where learning like really, really accelerates. So that's, that's the mindset you have to have in training day to day. And competition training is a little bit different. There you got to practice winning positions and winning tactics and things like that that's its own separate group but that's normally why like you'll label it this is competition training so we're here for a different reason we're here to like beat each other up and try to win and that's a skill in itself but most of the time the vast majority of your jujitsu 
is trying and failing and like acquiring new skills. The tendency that some people have, I would assume with any kind of combat type of thing has to be unique to the fact that I'm trying to apply it to another person, like the human ego getting in the way. Cause if yeah. you're two weeks into learning guitar, let's stick with guitar. guitar. And I say, all right, be the best, be good. Win at guitar right now. You're going to be like, the fuck you talking There's about? No the strings hurt my fingers, dude. <laughs> right. It's, it's not no even possible. So any other skill set, because you're not applying it to another human being yeah. where your ego trips you up. Yeah. You would never have that issue. E- ego, ego, of course, we all know sort of gets in the way because it is like, it feels like me versus you, even in, in this literally life. feels my physiological response right yes. now. The fear we response. Are in fight or flight. Yeah. Me versus you. I've, and we're doing like this, like little live drill of like, I'm trying to pass your close guard. And it can kick in for, for new people, for sure. For old people. Yeah. Hopefully. For regulars. Yeah. Hopefully, though, over time, though, you get to overcome that idea. And, and really, that's probably, if I'm being honest, like my ego got in my way all the way up to maybe even Purple Belt. Through Blue Belt, probably. It was, I should tell, give a shout out to a good friend of mine um, who came to Next Level Combat and he was like a little bit ahead of me in rank. So we might've been purple belts at the same time, but he was like a four stripe when I had no stripes and then got his brown belt while I was still purple belt. And so he's like coming from another gym. And so my ego is like, I need to be better than this guy. He's a little bit ahead of me, but I want to beat him up. And in training, you know, I'd tap him and I'd feel good that I had tapped him. Um, and then I'd like see him with other people and other people are tapping him. And at first... It was like, oh, this guy sucks, right? Here's this guy coming to train with us. He sucks. Our school's better, blah, blah, blah. All of this ego just oozing out of me. But then I come to realize, like, the longer that we train together, like, he's learning faster and better because he's willing to get tapped and try these new positions. And if I do the same thing every time, maybe I can tap him. But I'm doing the same thing that I'm good at every single time. To get there. My skill set's not growing. I'm not growing. I'm not growing. And then when that light sort of flipped on of like, oh, if we both get on the same page, like, and I let him do things to me or like I'm working on something new that's totally not going to work right away. Again, for me then, I started like to grow and get better right away. And it ended up like we were only there at the same time for like a little while, but like we became such incredible training partners of like our roles were just like so, so important for us or at least for me. And it helped me get better in a really short amount period of time. And then from then on, I was like, I can use this as an example of like, who cares who's tapping who in training because we're here to grow and learn and you don't have to have an ego about it. And you can like be comfortable with where you're at sort of in your rank and how that's going. So Evan Carruthers. I was gonna say. I gotta give a shout not out. Not saying his name on purpose. Evan Carruthers. He's a black belt. Is he a gigantic dude? Uh no. Okay. He's not gigantic. He's got. Uh, he comes up at a, as a suggested friend on Facebook, and it's just like a close up oh, of just his, his face. He's I an intimidating guy. It looks he's like he's, he's a big old dude. He's, you know, not. he's he's built, but uh, he's a little bit bigger than me, maybe. Sure. But phenomenal training partner. Cool. Black belt under Mike Ellison, I believe, as well. So. Oh, cool. 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 
You should get him on the podcast. The that man, they're all on anybody who's a black belt in Minnesota or the area or anywhere. Yeah. And if you're going to open a gym, why not? Let's yeah. do it. Get on the podcast. Someone might listen to it and decide to join your gym or decide to check it. Rock and roll. Let's go. Yeah. Um, a good buddy of mine, you were talking about kind of the checking the ego thing, and I don't have that at all, but I have not rolled mm. with a buddy of mine who has repeatedly asked me to come out to roll. Oh. Not totally as an ego thing. I'm going to give him a shout out though. Tate Tigan. Where does he train? He, so, and this is the thing I was, I was reflecting on all mm. of this as you were talking, cause you, you referenced uh 10th planet a couple of times. Is that what that in Woodbury is called? Well, it's called planet? next level combat. Next level combat. Yep. That's right. Okay. Cause he's trained there and he's a cat mm. that has done some power lifting and stuff oh, when, yeah. back when he lived out on this end of town, you know, that kind of deal. And sure. they actually moved to Cottage Grove ironically where sure. I grew up. Um, and he's been training at 10th planet and, and part of it is I know he's going to not want to roll in the gi. Yeah, damn it. What am I supposed to hold on to? You know, <laughs> grips all I get. One of my handles. Yeah, that yeah, wild gonna, nogi stuff. I got to hold on to something. Yep. And also just going to cross town tape. Sure. Know. Yeah. Uh, but I believe he moved recently and I believe he moved to either Hugo or White Bear Lake. Oh man. Come so, out to higher ground, dude. Yeah. Shout out to Higher Ground Jiu-Jitsu. Yeah. I'm going to have to hit him up. I, I just connected well, these dots it, now that like one is something of a parallel path with the two of you. And also, boom, it might be his local shop. It I might be his closest gym. It. Yeah, it probably yeah. is his local gym. Um, and then you guys can come out to Higher Ground and you oh guys can figure it out on my mats. God, that worked against me in the long run. Perfect. Oh, my God. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, though. That's when our gi classes are. Get him on a Monday, Wednesday, there Friday. Go. There we go. Okay. Tuesday, Slight Thursday, no gi. Slight advantage there. Yeah. So you don't do a lot of no gi. I like Nogi a lot. Really? Uh, but I just, schedule-wise, oh, sure. just availability-wise, it yeah. just hasn't been the thing that's landed for my schedule and stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't sure at M3 how much Nogi they actually did. They do, they do, and it. but it, truthfully, when I first joined up over at M3, I was getting up at four in the morning. Oh. I have for like years. For, I'm, I'm like fully removed from it. For your, Shout out to 2020. For your I'm coaching? Not, yeah. Just, your just, fitness stuff? That's when I, yeah, that's when I worked, which is I was the 5 a.m. to noon yeah. kind of guy, you know? And like, no gi classes getting done at 8.15. I'm supposed to be in bed, bro. Yeah. And now I'm like, now I'm like <laughs> jacked late. up. That's you know, I just. Good luck going to sleep. Yeah. And I'm, sure. I'm that way too. Like for if sure. I work out in the evening, I'm in trouble that yeah. night. It's just. Totally. You know. But I, I dig it. I dig it the most. I like it a lot. Um, which just as a matter of convenience hasn't been yeah. the primary thing, you know. Did you like Nogi, Polly? Uh, no, not that much. Uh, I love it when I do it. Really? It's so okay. weird. Yeah. Um, but I just never, like, want to go. Like, cause I can't, for whatever reason, set in my head. Because Monday, Wednesday, Friday, oh, uh, yeah. M Theory is, is right. ski. For sure. So, like, to go on a Tuesday night or a Thursday night, for whatever reason, I'm like... I'm just not real motivated in the afternoon anyway. But when I, when I do it, I love it. That's yeah. so cool. I mean, except for that one day. Well, yeah. So that's when I tore my pack tendon was, uh, in jujitsu. Yeah. But it wasn't, it was just, it just slipped on the mat. Like my arms slipped out from under me, it, wow. you know, the mat's super sweaty, sweaty yeah. and yeah, yeah. wet. And it, my arm just, I was like trying to post and it just slipped. But, uh, so it wasn't like 
it's funny. I was telling one of my buddies, because he's like, you're too old to be doing jujitsu. And I was like, this wasn't even jujitsu related. Yeah. And he goes, it happened at jujitsu. Wow. <laughs> it's not like you're like cranking on a guillotine <laughs> and then like it popped. Or yeah. like you weren't like actively. But trying to explain technique. it to somebody who yeah, has it, you right, know. Right. But, um, but no, like I, the last time, the last uh, nogi class I took was, uh, I did go on a Tuesday and I wasn't planning on sticking around and I was in the locker room changing and I hadn't seen John Grills in a while and, yeah, he, right. and he showed up at class and I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, All right, I'm going to stay, you know, hang out, talk to John for a little yep. bit. And I had like, it was one of the funnest classes I'd taken in a while. So when I do it, That's I love right. it. But just the motivation to get there on a Tuesday or Thursday night is yeah, lacking. For sure. Well, and actually my most recent Nogi stuff was I like Minnesota top team a lot. I like, like the crew over there. I know a great handful guys. of people over there, All you great. know, Super great. and like Jeremy is my vibe mm-hmm. as like from like a coach to student type of thing. Like, and it, it just watching him roll, that should be how I do jujitsu. Frankly, he's a big old boy. I'm a big old boy, yep. et cetera. He's got a great staff. Um, and I was like, man, they got an all levels class noon Friday. Perfect. I got nothing going on on Friday. I head across town, maybe stop at the old man's. He lives out in that direction, you yeah. know, visit afterwards or whatever. Well, it turns out they Friday much like at M theory, 11 o'clock. I don't know if it's a Friday thing, fucking Brazilian jiu-jitsu with the laissez-faire <laughs> scheduling and stuff. Is you it know? a competition thing? No, just just rolling. Oh, oh. And I'm like honestly looking for more instruction and yeah. drilling. You know, I'm terrible at jiu-jitsu. Like, give roll. Me, get, uh, rolling is good, but I know I can get my ass kicked by some skinny guy. Like, I, I, can, <laughs> right. I need to drill stuff. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool, we'll roll. And then nobody's wearing a gi. Fuck. I've never actually like rolled live in a gi up to the, you know, some time ago when I went out there. But it was some of the best, most yeah. fun I ever had doing jujitsu. So I'm like, a lot of fun. just grab a hold of stuff and try to keep a guard. Let's go. I, you're right. Little you know, little goals. Yeah, I'm little smelling goals. this guy's sweat more than I'm like having it dropped in my eyes. Cool. All right, rock and roll. Nice. Just a slightly different version of jujitsu, you know. Yeah. Love it. But again, it just has been kind of an access timing, me being a bitch about stuff issue. Yeah. Yeah, I I think like whatever one you prefer, gi or no gi, it doesn't really matter. The other one is like such great cross training. It like puts you out of your element just enough where it's like, okay, I prefer the gi, but then I go to no gi and like things are a little bit more slippery and I don't have all the grips that I'm used to. So like things might move a little bit quicker in the transitions and that's like super great cross training to go back to the gi then be like, I don't. I don't think I need this grip and I can like transition straight to this next position or vice versa. You, you love no gi, you show up in the gi and like, Oh my gosh, the control that these people have in this position, which normally I can kind of slide out or slip around. I can't hear, I better get better in this position. Then you go back to no gi and you're better in that position. So I hate the debate, which is better. Drives me insane. Whichever one you like, that's the one that's better. And the best answer is do both. Just do both. It doesn't have to be equal amounts, but go to an Ogi class every once in a while and have a great time. Have a ton of fun with it. Chris, you've listened to an episode or two of this, so you know with black belts I ask for advice. Yes. The black belt in front of me would give to each belt level. And I think you did this with purple. Like sort of enjoy the fact that like... There's, yeah. there's, there's new answers you need to find that maybe you thought you wouldn't need to, but anyway, white to black, white to black. Give me your answer to that. Well, I can't give any advice to a black belt because I've only been a black belt for two years, two-ish years. 
Kind of ish. Kind of ish. Right. Don't at get least. your black belt right before a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. <laughs> Avoid that at all costs. That seems like all costs. decent. Um, but yeah, so white belt, uh, you know, sort of my stock answers are um, become super comfortable with the positions. So understand the positions and be able to utilize them, whether it's I can keep someone in my closed guard, I can utilize the position of the closed guard, or side control or mount, I can hold somebody in side control or mount. So get really, really positionally comfortable. Blue belt, then it becomes, for me at least, and I think this is contrary to what some other people have said, is sort of the time to really like flip through the encyclopedia of techniques and become aware of the vastness of techniques in jujitsu, whether that's submissions or sort of more advanced guards, de la Hiva, lasso, spider guard. This should be your introduction to sort of the full spread of jujitsu. You don't have to be good necessarily at any one thing but you should sort of have seen it before and maybe have tried it. So if somebody asks you, what is the lasso guard look like? You could sort of like, this is lasso guard. I can't do anything from here, but this is what it is. This is the premise. And through that sort of exploration of techniques, some are naturally just going to stick. Whether that's body type, whether that's just your general demeanor. I want to be ultra aggressive or I like to be super laid back some techniques are going to fit or stick more than others. And you're just going to kind of catalog those and keep on going. You don't have to get too caught up in any one position or submission. Because for me, I think that's where purple belt comes in of finding your A game. Like this is the, the time where you have probably things to do from almost every position, attacks from almost every position, escapes from the major positions, now it's those things that were sticking before, time to refine and really figure out what works for you. And it's purple belt where I always talk to people about their black belt techniques. It's not like you get a black belt and all of a sudden all your techniques are suddenly black belt level. You acquire them along the way. And purple belt's the first time you probably get your first black belt technique. It might be just one submission, but you can hit it on every other purple belt, you get it all the time, and you might be tapping upper belts with it. That's your black belt technique. So, like for me, the the bread or the paper cutter choke from side control, I could I could tap upper belts with it. I could like hit it on just about anybody. If somebody new came, I was gonna hit it on them, without a doubt. That was probably my first black belt technique. And to this day, it's one of my favorite chokes. So that's the time in purple belt again to experience jujitsu, but find your best jujitsu. Brown belt, it's about, for me, it's about sharing jujitsu. So that's the time where like you should be helping younger belts. You should maybe be teaching a fundamentals class. It was one of my new year's resolutions one year. I want to help someone fall in love with jujitsu. I want them to love it the way that I love it. And I've had been lucky that I've, there's been people when I was a lower belt that loved jujitsu that I could look to them and be like, that's so cool. They love it and they're so good at it. And I want to be so good at it. 
and brown belts that time. Of course, you're continuing to refine all of your techniques. Your A game should be expanding. You should feel really comfortable with a lot more stuff from both top and bottom. Um, you know, where you like, you can impose your will on just about everybody in the gym. And then black belt, like we had talked about already, is the time to start over. It's, it's the time to take a step back. For me, it was a lot of reflection uh, through the belts and where I had started and the person that I was then and sort of the evolution of who I was as a person as I was moving through the belts and then to get to black belt and enjoying that achievement. But then it's that time to just like let everything go and look at jujitsu again with fresh eyes. That's my advice. Sounds good to me. The guy that doesn't know shit about jujitsu. You talk about when you say black belt technique, it means like the thing that you like that works well for you that you're going to master and it's going to be like the center of your game as a black belt. Not necessarily the center of your game, but it's the first technique that will reach black belt level. Sure. Okay. It doesn't have to be your best technique because you're going to accumulate more and more of them as you go along. Yeah. So when you get to black belt, you probably have acquired all these techniques that are black belt level, which is why somebody wants to give you a black belt. Right. So it doesn't have to be necessarily the center of your game. It probably will because you're the best at it. Like Mm -hmm. you're really good at it. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I have a friend who's really good at darst chokes and he can darst choke just about everyone. And a darst choke is something you can build your game around positionally and from a submission standpoint. And that was his first black belt technique. And then you can kind of go from there and you can either build off of that or go look for another black belt technique from a different position. So that's Zach Jeffrey. Zach Jeffrey is incredible at darst chokes. (laughs) I trained with Zach Jeffrey for a while at Next Level Combat. I, I actually assumed that, yeah. I, yeah. Meant, I meant to ask, but I sort of assumed. Yeah. He, he was uh, super great because he was another one who was definitely ahead of me in the jiu-jitsu journey. Mm-hmm. And I was there when he got his purple belt at Next Level Combat, which was super motivating for me because he was so good. And to see him get to that point, there weren't like a ton of people getting purple belts back in the day. And so for him and then another guy at the same time got their purple belt. And I think like Eddie Bravo like sent a video and so, like, you know, naming them while they got their promotion, it was super cool. That's really fucking super cool, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot yeah. of fun. It was just it was as like a, a really gesture, cool moment. if nothing else. Very yeah, cool. exactly. And it was like super. It felt like super meaningful, and it was like a super cool moment, even for me to like be there and see that happen. Was super fun. Yeah. Did you listen to Zach's episode of this? Uh, most of it, not all of it. Okay. Because I, I think I brought up the fact that like my sixth day at M Theory was watching him get a black belt. Yes, yeah, I did hear that guys. part. And yep. same sort of thing. You're like, holy shit, man. It's, it's, yeah, Look it's really at cool. This. It's really, really cool. Yeah, Zach uh, has uh, turned in quite, a, quite the Zen master. It was an interesting podcast. I enjoyed it. Should have been here afterward. Oh, yeah. So, the, so uh, black belt move, or however we phrase it, however you phrase it. A black belt technique. Doesn't black belt yeah, technique. Black belt technique. And then... For black belt, you said it's time to like look back at the rest of the art and reflect. Does that mean sort of saying, okay, these are my sharp blades. This is what got me here. Let me look at the rest of it and try to pull that up too, do you think? No, that's that's more of a brown belt time, I think. Expanding you're, the palette goes back to brown belt. Yep, okay. yep. It's you're, you're assuming you have no blades. 
you're going back to, to nothing. You have to look at everything through a new lens again, which can feel daunting, but exciting when you're at that level. Very, very exciting. Like I, there's more to learn in the simplest of positions that I'm going to go back and experience those positions again and look at it through a new lens. Now that I've sort of got this achievement, any, any reason to like, hold on to, I'm good at this or that, like sort of feels irrelevant. And now I just want to like dive as deep as I can into everything that is jujitsu. Now that was a Zen master that was pretty answer. Zen. Yeah. That was pretty Zen. Well done. <laughs> what else? Anything else? We think. Uh, I don't think anything else. Again, higher ground BJJ, Wiper Lake, HGBJJMN.com, or find us on Facebook or Instagram, higher ground BJJMN. Shout out to Anna, my wife. She's probably the one that's going to respond to you on social media or via uh, email. If you get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Come out uh, anytime and give us a try. You get a free complimentary week. I think that's it. Good. Bye. Anything? Sounds awesome to me. Cool. Thanks, brother. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. That was fun.